This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. We are here with episode number 120, and I know one of your most favorite podcasts are the ones where I am interviewing friends and peers and DOO students who have come through the program to share their experiences because it allows us to see you, the listener, to see and to hear what their journeys look like. And you can pick and pull pieces out of that, that mimic yours or maybe answer some questions that you have. And so our friend Claire is here with us today. She's going to be talking to you guys about her journey and just enlighten you guys on how her life has been impacted and positively changed since our two paths have crossed. So let me introduce Claire really quick, and then we will dive right in. As you guys know, or just heard, Claire is a certified director of operations. She's also the founder of the Assistant Quarters, a UK VA and OBM agency. Claire's journey to starting her own business is typical of many others. She had her first child in 2013, and just as her daughter was about to start school, She was made redundant from her 15 plus year corporate career in banking. That unexpected turn of events gave her the nudge, the financial buffer, to finally launch her own business as a virtual assistant. The goal to work with ambitious female founders, be more present as a mother with the flexibility of working on her own terms without the stresses of a London commute. We're going to stop the bio there because she's got much more to add to that. But I wanted to start and give you a brief intro to her and also let you know that she has a background in corporate, in the banking sector, and life events happen. I see this so often, especially with us females who are trying to juggle so many different roles and be ever present to our families as well as still continuing to blossom in our own careers. She took her skills, her knowledge, and her gumption and started as a VA. And Claire is going to come in and tell us the rest of the story. But before we get started, I want to welcome you, Miss Claire, to our podcast. Thank you very much. It's um, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, we're super excited. I can give a little bit of just personal background here. When you had joined our certification program, I was super excited. You came as a referral from another gal who had come through the program and you were one of those students that came in and did exactly what we want you to do. We want you to come in, absorb the content and take action. And Claire, you will always be one of those people that stand out to me as an action taker. So All of the results that you're going to hear today, I want you to know that those same actions are available to every single person who comes through our program. I know that the ability for you to take action, and I don't know what motivated you to take such good action, if that's just the way that you're wired or if you had some goals, whatever it was, I will always remember you as that person who just got after it. You came in. That's not to say that you didn't have setbacks. I remember you having to step out a couple of weeks to deal with sick children, et cetera. But we talk about in episode 113 about the results of programs and, and that's the piece that you really need to be looking at. 
Claire is a great example of getting those results, but she got those results because she actually did the work. She did the hard work, sometimes the uncomfortable work. And another reason I'm so excited to share her and her story with you guys today, but it would not have been possible if she didn't show up, commit to herself, make and take the right actions to put herself in this position. So anyway, I want to give you some kudos for being the reason I will always remember you is you and I were voxering on a Saturday morning and I was taking my son to sports, I believe. And you had voxered and shared some of your successes and your gratitude for being in this place and, and for our paths crossing. And so I'm really excited to share all that good stuff here. And I know you were a leader in your round as well, as far as people coming to you, because again, you took action, people were inspired by you. And I hope to do that and have a ripple effect here with even a larger audience. So thank you again for being here. And thanks for your commitment and your dedication to yourself, which obviously is a testament to the program, as well as the future of what you can do and the successes that you're going to personally see. Yeah, no, thank you. It's one of those things. Like you said, I heard about the certification through one of the students in a previous round. And because of lockdown, um, I'd not long had my second child. So he's been very young all the way through training, but it w- it felt like complete, uh, I don't know. It was like the stars aligning. I found out about you like just at the right time for where my mindset was at, where my head was at, where I wanted to be. It was like the perfect start alignment for me to have gone through the certification when I did. Yes, I agree. I believe you made a pretty fast decision as well, didn't you? Like you found about it. Oh no, I, I well, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I seem to remember talking to Alex and trying to mull over whether I should go through a round earlier. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I signed up for, I went through round eight and it was a quick decision once I knew like with the time commitment and things like that. But yeah, for once I signed up, I was like, I was all in. Yes. Awesome. So let's kind of do a little chronological journey here. If you would share with us your background, your, we know that you were in corporate, but take us from corporate into, and maybe a little bit of corporate into where you are today. Yeah. So I had, I started with a bank in the UK, fresh out of university. It was the company that I was with for the whole of my corporate career. And I just moved through different roles, mostly with a kind of ops EA, PA, Islam, business support. And then my most recent director, I was with for like over seven years. And he had, as happens quite often in corporate, certainly in the UK, we go through restructure every 12 to 18 months. It feels like you can set your clock by it often. And he was put at risk of redundancy. And then through that, the whole team, it was a knock-on effect. And we were, or I was given the option to take redundancy. And it just timed, I suppose, nicely with the fact that my daughter was about to start school. And I, in the back of my head, had been thinking about becoming a virtual assistant anyway and started to look into it. And really the financial buffer, because I've had like at that point 15-ish years experience, that money, that buffer gave me the opportunity to launch the business. I haven't really looked back like, a lot of people, I would just never go back to corporate now. That, that's it for me. <laughs> yes, I, I totally get that. And so the journey from the virtual assistant, when you first started as a virtual assistant, were you solo or did you go right into an agency? I was solo, but only for about 
three or four months. And I'd like quite quickly made connections with other VAs and had um, been doing some various bits of VA training and really connected well with somebody else who was going through the training at the same time as me. And she became my first associate and she's still part of the team now. But yeah, I think it was around the four or five month mark. I mean, I hired an accountant from the get-go, like sort of <laughs> always outsource something because that's just not my sweet spot at all. And I knew that I wanted to go to a, a UK limited company from the very beginning. So another reason why I needed a, an accountant. But yeah, Natalie was my first associate and she's still with me now. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. So tell me about the journey from starting as a VA, going into that first hire, which happens to be Natalie as well. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was the beginning or the budding of your agency model. Now bring us up to speed, kind of how you went from there to the DOO certification, and then we'll launch from there. Yeah. So I, although uh, VA was familiar to me, I'd never heard of the term online business manager, but in terms of my skill set and my background, I had that extra experience and knowledge where I didn't really fit neatly into the VA role. Like I always wanted to do more to over deliver, to like come up with ideas or strategy with clients. And I did that happily as a VA and then came across the term online business manager. And I was like, right, that feels much more aligned to where I should have been. And if I'd have known about it from the very beginning, I would have never kind of given myself the VA label. I would have jumped in at OBM. And honestly, if I'd have known about DOO, same thing, I would have jumped straight in there. And because of the agency as well, it just happened quite naturally. I've been in business now for four and a half-ish years. So it was a couple of years in that I was like, okay, online business management and that kind of different service from the clients that I supported was where I wanted to be. And then that kind of snowballed until I found out about the DOO program. And and again, it's like just the next phase, the next chapter for me. What specifically intrigued you about the DOO certification? Because you already had a good background, you had a lot of experience, corporate experience, plus yeah. you had a few years of already running your own business. What interested you about the DO certification? It was really uh, the opportunity to up-level my uh, strategy sessions. And I had been running them with clients previously, a version of. But as soon as I heard about the strategic mapping, I was like, this is next level. And I just knew that it was more aligned. I'd looked into the OBM certification previously, but this just felt like such a much better fit for where I was heading and where I wanted to head after having my second child. Yeah. So the, of course, that's the very first thing that we, after the introduction and all of that good stuff in the certification, we go right into the strategic mapping model. And I know I hear that from almost every single one of you guys that that has the most lasting and it's just a, it's a lot of information, but it's also so transformational. And I remember the Voxer that I was talking about earlier, that Saturday morning Voxer, you had just sold a couple of strategic mapping sessions. And I think that probably gave you a lot of momentum and affirmation and confirmation of, you know, the path that you had said yes to and just seeing that it works. So kind of explain how you integrated that strategic mapping in with your clients and even with selling it to new clients. As you know, I've managed to work with 
quite a few people through the strategic mapping model now. And I initially just started to talk to my current clients. I did one, I think after having Ellis. So I had him just at the start of lockdown and that did have an impact on the business and my confidence levels as often like big kind of life changes can. So my confidence was knocked and having that framework to go to clients with just gave me that reassurance that I could do and did do a good job. And yeah, it was just a great framework for me to go to clients and say, look, I've got this new service that I'm thinking about offering. And there was just a few people that I did like a discounted strategic mapping with just to get them under my belt to kind of test the process. And then from there, it just became much easier for me to sell confidently and to iron out any kinks in the kind of way that I delivered it. But I really went in depth with the script and the process from the very beginning and just kept refining it every time until now, like it's now my core service. Everything starts there, basically. I love that. I want to point out a few things here. So anytime that you're adding a new service, I love to coach and teach. And I've done this myself where we kind of test that. We test ourselves, we test the process, we test our delivery and we gain a ton of confidence by doing it in a safe way. So I love Claire that you went to existing clients who already knew you, you know, they would give you grace. You'd already been honest with them and told them, Hey, this is something new and I'd like to deliver it with you, which they obviously get a huge benefit. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. you're getting that ultimately you're getting confidence to be able to do this as a standalone service or to to deliver it into a new audience, which is exactly what you did. So congrats on doing that. And that's modeling exactly what I think is the most effective for us because all of us can learn new systems, new processes, new formulas, new methodologies. The hardest part is us believing that we can do this as well as we have been taught it. So that's a great way to do it. How many strategic mappings do you think that you've done since you started the program? I delivered eight whilst I was going through the program and I've just secured my ninth. So I'm technically now certified and out at the other end, but my ninth is just signed this week. Awesome. I love that. And what a great way to get your return on investment. That's something that we stress and we are, we stress it because I know that it's a huge objection, right? Like money is always an objection for us to, this doesn't sound nice, but to make an excuse for us to not invest in ourselves because money is a lot of scarcity around money. And then there's also a lot of, you know, disappointment in us giving money, handing money over and then being unsatisfied on the other side. So for us to make sure that we always uphold our promise to you guys, we really want you guys to get that return on investment. And we teach the strategic mapping. It's the foundation of our services. You also mentioned that, and I'll come back to that in a second, Claire, but We teach it up front so that you can get your return on investment. And then also the other piece is so that you can use it as that step one or phase one as you go into your client relationships. And I picked up Mm -hmm. on that, that you have done that as well. So tell us how the strategic mapping works in your agency as a product today. So in the most part, a new client won't come on board unless they go through the strategic mapping with me. There'll be some who just want some general VA support where if I don't think they're a good fit or they haven't got the budget available, I might slot them straight into one of the team. But in the most part, if I think they're ready for an OBM or a director of operations, then that is essentially my onboarding. They all go through that and that's positioned right up front. 
that they have to go through that process with me so that we can be really clear on what their priorities are, what they want to achieve. My kind of sweet spot and and where I've found my niche is really in team hiring and the kind of business systems operations piece. So whilst I enjoyed a lot of the other modules and KPIs was a real surprise to me that I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It's not my, it's not my, I won't be building dashboards anytime soon. <laughs> I'll be calling on one of the other DOAs. But yeah, I think because it lays really good foundations for looking at whether businesses have got good operations or systems in place, mm-hmm. it makes complete sense. And I can position it really well as that kind of starting point for a relationship if people want to work with me ongoing as their DOI. So right now you secure the client, deliver the strategic mapping, and then based off of the strategic mapping, obviously it gives you a really good, deep snapshot into what is going on in their business, as well as a good picture of where they're going in their business, which is extremely Mm. essential for anyone who's going to be partnering in a long-term relationship. And long-term can be anything from three months to three years. I'm not long-term isn't necessarily defined there, but if you're going to be supporting somebody on an ongoing recurring basis, you need to know current state and future state. And so many times we get stuck in just the current state and that can really lead us into some sketchy situations where you like what you saw today, but if you don't know what's coming up, you may not be the right person. You may not be, Mm -hmm. I mean, there can be so many things that step up here. So I really love that you're doing the strategic mapping and So right now you do the strategic mapping and then you're able to see what they need, what kind of support they need. Do you tailor packages or do you define, like how does the work move forward in your agency? So people often get in touch not knowing that they want strategic mapping. So I'll position that on the initial discovery call and I will start to gently highlight some of the other services that I could offer beyond that but I don't do a proposal for those until after we've gone through the whole strategic mapping and then they'll get a tailored proposal so some of the options I've given because I still have finite capacity for DOO clients I only really work with one or two at a time because I'm still part-time myself in my business I will either offer DOO short-term support so I've got a few people that I'm helping for three-month period or some accountability. So it's a lighter touch. I stay in touch with them through Voxer, kind of quick snappy calls where we'll look at the priorities that they are making sure that they're staying on track with whatever we've agreed in the, their project board for their strategic mapping, or it will be an introduction into the team if they need VA support. Yeah, I love the variety that you have here. I think it keeps us interested as well as always learning and evolving. Plus, you're able to just deliver to the client exactly what they need. So many times we will go into a relationship and we'll propose a certain package, right? And if you do not know where they're going, you don't know what's currently open. You also don't know their personality. You don't know all of the unknowns when we partner with somebody the strategic mapping just kind of cuts through that. And it is the foundational resource for all directors of operations because we are able to look and be much more expansive. You heard Claire say that she goes through the strategic mapping. That's kind of phase one. And then she creates a customized proposal. So many times in other certifications and other programs and and just other people, other leaders as well, will teach different ways and different methodologies of how to scope projects up front. There is no better way to scope a project than going through strategic mapping. 
in, in any other system that I have seen or even been a part of and in practice myself, you're not looking at both current and future states. So I obviously am a big fan of the strategic mapping, but I love to hear from you guys who are doing this and implementing this and the changes that you've seen. You're able to better scope your time. If you're going to be part-time, which I am super happy for you, you've got two kids who need you. You know That's a, a choice that you've been able to make. And hopefully this lifestyle has afforded you the ability to to do that with ease and not have that, you know, mom guilt and all those other things that pop up. Mm. I heard you mention the team, you know, the team leadership piece, which is very likely why you're an excellent agency owner. I love that. Throughout the certification, we touch on the team, what we call human resources, and there's three different aspects of that. Was there anything within that module, all of HR in the three different lessons within our HR module that have really changed the way that you're showing up as an agency owner? So I think that whole module, I used to manage a remote team in my corporate career for about a year, year and a half. Uh, I hadn't done it for a while, granted, between that and then starting the agency. But going through that module again, just made me really reflect and think, okay, what are you doing at the moment? What could you get better at? Where are there holes? where have things slipped and really made me think again about what I want the team culture to be, how I want to show up as a manager, as a leader. So yeah, I, I've definitely it given me a good framework to go through with clients. It's made me reflect as well about where I could improve. Good deal. So as it relates to the certification itself, what finally gave you yourself the permission to say yes to this investment? When I had spoken to or got introduced to the program, I was at a point where lockdown had had quite a hit on me and my ability to work. You know, I had my eldest at home from school and I almost just rebuilt the business from the ground up. And I admit I had to take a bit of a leap of faith because it is a big investment, but I had complete faith from their feedback of their experience in the program. And then obviously joining the group and seeing other testimonials that people were posting and sharing. I I can't really put my finger on it. I just felt like it was completely the right place for me to be. I've spoken to Amy and Lynette as well. And I think when we, we spoke about how sometimes I've worked with business coaches in the past and they've been great at the time, but where I was at when I signed up, I needed to find a community, a program that was all about ops and wasn't just a business coach that that worked with all kinds of different niches or business owners. I felt like I needed to ground myself again and be surrounded by other great operations, service-based Mm -hmm. OBMs, VAs that were leveling up. I needed to surround myself by other people that were going through that journey. So yeah, I feel really grateful for the the guys that that were in my round and for all of the coaches that we got to work with because yeah, it's been the best investment. I've made it twice over at least now. So (laughs) yes, I'm so, I really want to celebrate your success. I didn't say that earlier whenever we were talking about the return on investment, but again, where I started in this podcast was the fact that you put this information to work. You didn't sit around and wonder how you could do it. You probably took some imperfect action and some uncomfortable action 
to get the success. And I want to congratulate you on the return. You know, some people who are looking at the program will come to me and say, you know, what's the difference? I've had this question multiple times. What's the difference in your students who get their return on investment quickly versus those that don't? And the easy answer, and I think everyone would come up with this answer, is action. And I, I again, I'm going to come back to this over and over, and I'm going to share this podcast with people who are coming to me who are like, I want to do what Claire wants to do. The real thing here is she was open, she was curious, she was confident in her ability, actually in her desire to want to up-level, and she took the action that we were giving her. I have longed for the same thing that you were talking about, Claire, of building what feels like on the outside looking in a really nerdy space of people who enjoy operations. Like I never called what I do operations, even while I was in corporate, I would have never said that I'm an operator. <laughs> so the online space has definitely enlightened me in a whole lot of ways, but my background in operations proper, but really looking at the disciplines and my strength in human resources and project management, coupled with leadership and you know some of those other soft skills led me here. But when I got to this space out of corporate and into building my own business, it was kind of lonely. And of course, it's easy to go into, you know, some of these bigger groups and become friends and associated with, with a group of people who are in business. But I wanted people to understand what I was doing, because here's what has happened for me. When I go into pockets of people, and I have masterminds who are just like this right now, but when I go into those situations, because I have such an extensive knowledge of operations, I find myself coaching them constantly. And so when I finally realized that I was giving, 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 and I wasn't doing much to grow myself because I kept putting myself in those positions, I was like, okay, I've got to back up and I've got to see how I can build a community and a supportive structure around people like me. And you see it in all these different places, but I hadn't necessarily done it myself. And I'm not really sure if I had ever said to myself, that's exactly what I need. So I thank you for pointing that out because I believe that's what we all need. And I think that's just a human element that we skip over. And, and also I have to say, it probably has something to do with our gender, just being female, like fitting in is good, but fitting in in a place where you think alike, of course, there's a lot of differences internally, clearly. I mean, look at us, we're in two different sides of the world, right? And we still have commonalities and differences, but from a work perspective, finding your place in your community where you can ask the questions, where we can dream together, and it's a familiar dream. Like my husband, he, and I'm sure this is the same for you, he knows what I do, but I can't necessarily dream about how I'm going to build this business outside of the financial piece for him. He's like, all right, you do you, right? And so having mm -hmm. a Claire and all these other you know, wonderful women to be able to come and say, hmm, this is how I want to do this. They don't know the difference between retainer, project, agents. That's not what they're interested in. So the community has been as, you know, life-giving as it is for you guys. It's been a dream of mine. I mean, that's the movement that really keeps me motivated to continuously grow what we have here. It's not financial. It's the impact to you guys financially, but also just having our people together makes a huge difference for all of us, I think. Mm, yeah, massively. Yeah. And yeah. that has been so huge um, for me. Yeah. So what's next for you? I know that a lot of us start with the kind of taking your exact same path, kind of that retainer moving into something else. And that next thing for you was the agency. Where do you see yourself evolving or is it a different level of client? Is it different services? Is it status quo? 
some things that I have got on my vision board are definitely some kind of, I can't quite work out in my head whether it's a membership or a course, but something along those lines where I can help, whether it's people that have gone through strategic mapping and as a group, I collectively support them and we support each other to make the business improvements that we've identified from a kind of back office, back end of their business. So something along those lines, I'm mulling over, but it's really just doubling down on strategic mapping. My website is just in the process of being updated and refreshed. So really, I think once that is out there, really kind of increasing that the marketing that I'm doing and and looking at how I can spread the word about director of operations because, you know, like I said, when I first launched, OBM wasn't in our vocabulary as mm-hmm. online business owners. People were just about there with virtual assistants. Now, OBM is becoming more kind of commonplace and people understand it, but director of operations is new. So, you know, there's only a small UK contingent of DOO, but I would love to kind of spread the word more on what that role is and how it differs from the other roles that online business owners look to hire. Yes. Our footprint is slowly growing every single round. We see one or two (laughs) come in through the UK and that's of course, very, very satisfying for us. But also, I mean, I talk to businesses all the time that are all over the world and we have had our UK businesses come up and they too, they affirm what you guys tell us, which is, yeah, OBMs and DOs aren't really known over here. And so when we talk to them and educate the business owners, they're like, whoa, this is amazing. So even though there's only a few of you guys that are certified over there, the opportunities do exist in your area. And I think as the business, I mean, the education piece is it can work two ways, both educating the business owner and then also advocating and making other females aware that this DOO route is available to them. Mm-hmm. It's going to come around in the United States. You know, we, I think that the DOO, it's still in its infancy, like this label or role is very much in in its infancy, but the more that small businesses are able to scale, the faster they're able to scale, the more obvious it is that they need this level of support. And I think regardless of where you live, the pandemic, and trust me, no love for the pandemic over here, but with you know that just being a world event that really rocked all of us, it showed every continent, every person that if we want commerce to continue, it's got to go digital. And because we were all leveraging that same thing as consumers, I mean, businesses took off when they thought that they were going to crumble. And of course, I'm, I'm not, I definitely know that there were lots of businesses that were hit, but our online businesses really, really flourished more so than ever before. And as they continue to flourish, the need for directors of operations are going to be there. So thank you for your commitment and sharing this across the pond. That's always (laughs) going to be helpful, but I think it's going to be helpful for both parties, not just our business, but also for the economy over there and the ability for these businesses to scale wiser. Using programs like you're talking about, I mean, think about using the, from a, I'm, I'm just ancillary coaching here, but if you're bringing in people and you're attracting people, you've got your website set up to talk about strategic mapping, the client comes in or the prospective client comes in, gets the strategic mapping, and then you can put them in containers, like in a group program or in what membership, whatever it may be, you're able to to take care of a lot more clients in that capacity. Mm. Maybe not as in-depth, but maybe you're looking at an ideal client that 
doesn't have a ton of discretionary income or isn't at the profit margin that they want. So to contain that, they're going to be more comfortable in a one-to-many kind of group coaching model. So, so much goodness can come out of this. And when you leverage that strategic mapping as the, you know, we make the terminology when you teach that they're learning the terminology. So then they can go into another container where everyone is speaking the same language, much like we've done inside of the DOO community. Mm. So much goodness ahead of you, Claire. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining us today. As we wrap up, I would love to hear your parting words for anyone who's listening to us today, who's considering the DOO certification. What would be your advice to them? My advice would be to one, go for it. Because it's the best investment that I've ever made in my business. I'm not just saying that because I'm chatting with you. It genuinely has been. But also there's been times when I was going through different modules where, you know, life happened, life got in the way. And sometimes you feel like you're falling behind with the modules or the training. But, you know, just have faith that coaches are there to support you. And that learning, like I still dip into Thinkific on a weekly, sometimes even daily basis to refer back to everything that I've learned. And that resource is invaluable. So, you know, don't just think of it as, you know, the program and the certification, and then that's it. You've then got a whole community that's there to support you and then all of the learning there that you can then take back into your own business. So there's just so many resources, so many different avenues that it really challenged me to think about where I wanted my business to be. And I wouldn't necessarily have said what I've said, like in terms of the course and the membership, I wouldn't have even had that on my radar at the beginning. It, it's really made me think differently, really go back to the basics of what I want. You know, the mission, vision, values that you deliver through the strategic mapping, going through that yourself as the kind of dummy run mm-hmm. really changed things for me and made me think about where I wanted to be. And I wouldn't have the business that I do now if I hadn't have made that leap. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Before we wrap, would you be willing to share where people can find you? So I am the assistant quarters on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but really Instagram is my home. And the website is www.theassistantquarters.co.uk. But um, anyone who's considering DOO, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to share my experience. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. I know it's going to inspire other people to do the same thing who have the same exact kind of thoughts, fears, and expectations of themselves. Thank you so much, Claire. You're welcome. It's been great to chat. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.